Our gospel reading is from the book of Matthew, chapter 5, verses 1 to 12. If you're following along in the Pew Bible, you can certainly turn to page 4 of the New Testament to do so. Uh, But the words will also be on the screen, whichever you feel most comfortable with. Starting in verse 1. When Jesus saw the crowds, he went up the mountain. And after he sat down, his disciples came to him. Then he began to speak and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will receive mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when many people revile you and persecute you, and utter all kinds of evil against you falsely on my account. Rejoice and be glad. For your reward is great in heaven, for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. You pray with me. Gracious and loving God, we thank you that your spirit is moving among us. That as we have gathered in your name to hear your word read and proclaimed, to sing praise to your name and to be inspired by your spirit, We trust that you are here with us, and I pray that whether through me or in spite of me, may we be transformed in your presence, and in being transformed in heart and mind, may our lives be transformed so that all may come to know who you are through how we live, how we speak, and how we share your good news. We ask this all in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen. We continue on in this summer series called Bumper Sticker Theology that we started last week. It's those sayings that we're, you often find on bumper stickers. Not all of them will be found on them, but they're generally found on bumper stickers or church signs, and they mean well. They really do. They try to convey something that's important, but the problem is they're so short and pithy that if we really dive into what they're saying, it doesn't quite line up with what we believe and sometimes can cause a little bit of harm to people when we say them. And so that's what we're focusing on this, this summer to bring us all the way through into September. Each week is different, so you, if you miss a week because you're on vacation, don't feel guilty. You can always come back. You can always experience the next week, and it stands alone on its own. You can go to our website and see the upcoming uh, sayings, those upcoming statements, and say, you know, I really don't want to miss this one. Or, hey, maybe my neighbor down the road is going through something or has heard this one. And it really hurt them. And that would be a great one to invite your neighbors to or invite a friend or a family member to to really dive into perhaps what they had been told or what they had said to others maybe isn't exactly what they meant. If nothing else, I hope you, even if you decide to keep using these phrases and say them to someone else, maybe you, my, my hope is at least you will uh, have dive into what you're saying make sure that aligns with what you actually believe about God and how he works in our world. So this week, we're turning to the saying, too blessed to be stressed. 
This sounds great, doesn't it? I mean, we do are truly are blessed by God. We have experienced blessing upon blessing. And from that, and from our trust on in Him, that should alleviate stress, should it not? Our trust in God, our faith in Him and His provisions should alleviate some of that stress, anxiety, and worry that we often have in life. And Scripture often confirms this. Christ says, look at the lilies of the field and the birds of the air who toil not. They don't have to worry about their food. They don't have to worry about tomorrow. Scripture tells us to, uh, to, to hang our worries on Christ and trust in Him alone. So on the face value, blessed to be stressed doesn't sound that bad. But when we flip it, get in trouble. And this is what we often do, and this is what the culture around us does and a lot of Christians do. We think somehow magically that when we become a Christian, when we have faith in Christ, when we believe in him and trust in him, somehow all of our problems go away. Everything comes up smelling like roses. And if we have trouble, if we experience challenges, if we experience stress and worry and anxiety, somehow that's a sign that we are not being blessed by God. Somehow that's a sign that we've gone astray. Sometimes that's a sign that our faith isn't strong enough. And... Do you sense the subtle difference that I'm trying to make here? If not, we'll get there, I hope. But there's this idea that somehow when you have faith in Christ, your life becomes easy. The road becomes level and and without tripping hazard. There's no reason to worry. No reason to be stressed. And the truth is, this is not borne out in Scripture at all. We see time and time again, people of God running into those difficult times to the point of saying, God, why have you abandoned me? Why have you forsaken me? Why are my enemies at my gate? Why am I going through this? I mean, the clearest example, if you want to dive into Scripture, is Job, who lost his wife, his family, his house, everything. And he asked these questions of why. What did he do to deserve it? What is going on? And his friends... If you want to go into statements that are made by people trying to alleviate someone else's suffering and it really doesn't go well, again, that's a great book to dive into. But we don't even have to go that far. We have Christ our Lord, the Son of God, who the night before his crucifixion was so moved by stress, anxiety, worry, and and, and concern about what he was about to go through that he literally sweat blood. The, the emotional distress that he was experiencing in that moment in asking God that that cup be taken, with him, uh, taken away from him, if at all possible, that, that emotional distress was so high that he literally sweat blood. This is all to say that if you are going through something difficult, if you have experienced difficult times, if the enemies are at your gate, if you're feeling like God has abandoned you because of your stress, because of your worry, because of anxiety, because you're going through difficult times, know that you're in good company. 
Because it's not the absence of stress. It's not the absence of worry. It's not the absence of anxiety that tell us if we are a people of faith or not. Because we are human. We will go through times. We will go through difficult times. We have people in our community who are worried about food and where their next meal will come from. And many of them come through our doors each month to, to our food pantry. There are people who are experiencing broken relationships are not quite sure how to repair them and what to do next. There are people going through uh, difficult transitions in their life where if they try to do it on their own, a little preview for uh, next week, they're going to fail and those around them will be hurt in the process. And yet, many of these people are faithful. Many of these people have placed their faith in God and they are still going through those things. So what do we get out of this? What can we do? Where does our faith come into play if it doesn't stop worry, if it doesn't stop anxiety and prevent it, if it doesn't stop prevent any of these things, then what are we to do? What does the faith give? But it gives us when we are caught in our worry, when we are caught anxious about tomorrow or what will happen next, when we are caught in this feeling of being lost and alone. This is when our faith speaks to us. How we respond, it's how we reply, it's how we live that out. For we can get caught in worry and sit still and never make a move. We can get caught in anxiety, wondering about what the next day will bring, and we just stay there forever. And we just stay there, and we don't seek help, and we don't seek other people, and we don't seek either uh, a comforting help from a fellow Christian or from a, a service provider of some sort. We get caught in it, and we think that's the only way there is to live. And it becomes debilitating and destroying. It can destroy relationships, and it can destroy your future. Because you think that way, the way things are, the way things that it will always and if you tie in God's blessing on that, saying, if I've got this anxiety, then surely I'm not blessed by God, then you start thinking that even God is against you, simply because you are worried. What our faith and those promises of Scripture, of hanging our anxieties on Christ, of, of handing over our worries and trusting in Him, it tells us that the way that we are feeling right now, if you're caught in that anxiety and that worry, if you're caught in those moments, it's telling you right now that the way things are aren't the way things have to be. And it tells you to find those times where you can see God's blessing, even if it's only dimly. And it's those times, especially when if you're surrounded by a, a other Christians here at church or in a small group or somewhere else, and you can talk about your worries freely because, you know, it's not a sign of a lack of blessing. It's not a sign of a lack of faith. So you can share them with other people. And they can help you see God's blessing as well. They can be with you in the difficulty of that. They can sometimes sit in silence and sometimes the best. Or they can offer up times that they see God's blessing in your life. They see a future that you can't. They see a way out of that anxiety that you probably can't because you're so caught in the midst of it. By surrounding yourselves with other people who recognize God's blessing around you, faith grow. Your faith can be shaken up and stirred within so that you don't tie that anxiety and that worry. It's hard to be 
And I was talking to somebody this week, and they were uh, they felt like they were caught in this time of life where things didn't feel quite right. They just felt it in their gut. They didn't know what it was. They didn't know what was causing it. They didn't know where this feeling was coming from. But they knew something wasn't quite right. And you know, uh, they had a great Christian response to this, and that's why I'm bringing it up now. They knew because something was uneasy within them, they could tell something wasn't quite right. And they had to dive deeper into uh, times of prayer. They had to dive deeper into studying God's word. They had to dive deeper into focusing on their faith because they knew that when they got to that point, when they were drifting further into uh, where, they, where the worry and the anxiety and the stress and all of that was overwhelming them, they knew they had gotten away from those things that freed them from it. And so they had to dive in. Now, you could chalk that up to conscience. You could chalk that up to uh, uh, your own thinking. Or you can say, maybe this is the Holy Spirit speaking to me. So when we have the promises of Scripture that says, worry not, cast your cares upon the Lord, and we're not doing that, or we're not returning back to that, we're getting caught in that stress, serve as a way for God to speak to us, say, spend some more time with me. Let's dive into what's going on. There was a, a poem that I came across on the internet this week, and I know I'm going to butcher it because I'm not a poet, and I'll, I'll, I'll share it on our, our Facebook page for you to come back to this week if, if you're interested in, and it was, uh, your, the, the idea of it was, your head and your heart have gotten divorced. Your heart is always focusing on what was and what could have been, and your head is always thinking about what will be, and you're caught in the middle. When with your head, it's always blaming the heart for the way things are. Instead of uh, approaching things analytically and doing things logically and moving into the future, the heart is always leading you astray and always taking you down these meandering paths. And when you're with your heart, it's always the head's fault. The head is always worried about the future of what's going next, of all the things that can't be and all the things that won't be. And it always focuses on those things. And it's bl the heart blames the head for the way things are, that it's not what it used to be. And your heart, you're, you're, you're caught in the middle between the two. And so uh, the, the, the person in the poem, they, they, they go back and they say, so I, every once in a while to escape those two, I go and sit on my gut. The gut feels that something's wrong. The gut feel is, is not focused on the past or the, the future. The gut seems to be focused on the present. It, it tells you when things are, 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 are astray. It tells you when things aren't quite right. And the gut tells them, I know where you need to go. I need, you need to go and spend some time with the lungs. You need to spend some time with the lungs where it isn't about the present or, or it isn't about the future and it isn't about the past. The lungs are here about the here and now. It's the breathing in and breathing out. And the breathing in and out where you're focused on the moment. Now I would say as a Christian pastor, as, as Christians, uh, when we focus on that breathing, when we spend some time with the lungs of sitting time in prayer, sitting in times of meditation or contemplation, and we enter into those moments of not worrying about the future and not worrying about the past, 
but we can spend a few moments in the midst of our stress and difficulties to say, I'm going to spend some time breathing and trusting in God for just a few moments. And with each breath, breathe in the Holy Spirit and then exhale the worries out into the world. Now, it's always not, not always that easy, but it is a place to start. It is a moment to say, you know, for these moments, for just a few moments, I'm going to set aside some time. Set aside some time where I'm not anxious about the future or worried about what I should have done. I'm just going to be in the presence of God. When we are mindful of God's voice, when we are mindful, when we're getting trapped, intentional, those moments, I absolutely need to spend some time with the Lord today. I absolutely need to spend some time quiet and alone. I absolutely need to spend some time in prayer. Or sit and spend some time sitting alone in God's presence. Maybe hear, listen to him, to him for a while. Listen for his voice. Not about the absence of worry. Not about the absence of stress. The absence of these things don't point to our blessedness. What points to our blessedness is that we don't need to be caught in them. We don't have to be trapped by them and they don't have to define our future. Our blessedness comes because of God's love for us and for us through Christ on the cross. That blessedness rains down on us every day with every gift that God gives. And it's not contingent on what we have done or have left undone. We rest in our blessedness because, as coming from Christ alone. Truly then, we can deal with the stress, the anxiety and the Saying's good, but if we read it the wrong way, turn it on its head, it causes damage. 